Welcome to Light Trees and Muse, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today once again by Faith and only Faith. Hello. <laughs> uh, if you listen to yesterday's episode, Charles was supposed to co-host with us today. He is asleep and in no condition to co-host. Yeah. I had to go wake him up because Harley was losing her mind. Harley is his little dog. And it took me 20 tries to wake him up. I finally just had to shout his name, like, directly beside him. I felt so bad. Because, like, there's no good way to wake someone up. Yeah. Because if you touch them, that's, like, if somebody touched me while I was asleep, I would lose my mind. Yeah. That, like, you you immediately respond by punching. Like, yes. Yeah, without yeah. thinking. So I'm like, okay, I'm not touching him. And then I'm like, I guess I just shout at him as loud as I can. <laughs> oh, awful. I remember... We had someone staying with us one time. He's a comic. And he fell asleep because he was also jet lagged because uh-huh. he's from the UK. It was Matt Kirsch and everybody. Matt Kirsch was <laughs> staying with us. He's been on the show before. And uh, he fell into such a deep sleep. We were like screaming his name. We were, I think at one point we just started ringing the doorbell because <laughs> we didn't want to touch him. And like he would not wake up. It was the like the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. I've never seen someone fall into it like that deep of a sleep. Jet Are you guys lag will deep? do that, man? <laughs> Jet lag will do that. Are you guys deep sleepers? How do people wake you up? Hashtag light trees and pod. I need <laughs> advice because like physically touching someone's out of the question. Screaming at them feels really mean. So I've always hated like waking up. And when I was, it wasn't that I was a deep sleeper. I'm not, mm-hmm. but I just wouldn't want to get out of bed and would keep falling asleep. And so my mom one time sent one of my siblings like um, with one of those old fashioned alarm clocks that has like the little hammer that dings the bells. Um, And they like, I think it was my brother and he was just standing in the hallway, like winding it up and letting it go and winding it up and letting it go (laughs) over and over and over again until I got out of bed. (laughs) See, that's the worst thing that's ever (laughs) happened. That makes me think of when I was, I I feel like I was a much deeper sleeper deeper sleeper when I was a teenager Mm -hmm. like a younger person and I remember I had a giant alarm clock with one of those bells and it was Aladdin (laughs) so the arms were like genie's arms okay and it was supposed to I think there's like a cartoon alarm clock like that in Aladdin so it's supposed to be like the real life version of that and this thing sounded like a firehouse alarm when it would go (laughs) off and I, that for the longest time was my alarm clock because mm-hmm. that was the only thing that would wake me up. I feel like now as an adult, I don't sleep that deeply yeah. anymore. I don't think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, tell me how I should deal with Charles. <laughs> Everybody, because I, I occasionally need to wake him up because like shit has gone down. The only other time I've had to wake him up was when uh, my air conditioning got knocked out of the window by two other air conditioners. Yeah. And I was like, well... I'm going to need backup here. (laughs) Uh, So, guys, this is Light Trees and News. We're in the pop culture section. That's how the show works. We talk about pop culture and then bad news and then good news. I do not care, nor am I interested in in hearing about if you don't like pop culture. Uh, (laughs) If you don't like the fact that we talk about movies or TV shows, listen to a different podcast. I'm not interested in your feedback. Or skip ahead. Or skip ahead. There's music... uh, cues you can skip ahead to the the bad music section 
And yeah, that's also a good way to deal with it. But you know, there are a million different podcasts. This is this, is this podcast. It's you're you, listening you to this podcast. You wouldn't go into a Mexican restaurant and ask for uh, spring rolls and lo mein. You wouldn't. If you did, you'd be super weird. And that's uh, how I feel about you. So while we're in the pop culture section, let's talk about uh, Childish Gambino has a new video video out called uh, Feels Like Summer. It's a very cool animated video. It's a great song. Cool. All that stuff. Uh, there's also like very cool uh, cameos in it. But there's one thing that people have been talking about, which is that there's a moment in the video where uh, a character who's clearly Kanye West, he's a, he's a black man wearing a, a MAGA hat, is like crying and then Michelle Obama hugs him. So this was criticized by a lot of people because it seemed like it was once again asking black women to do the emotional labor for mm-hmm. not just black men, but like everyone, <laughs> you know, like yeah, Kanye West. To like good keep together the country by forgiving bigotry, basically. Exactly. And like, here's the thing. If you're a, bad person and you need to do the work to not be a bad person you need to do that work Mm -hmm. sort of exporting it to women and particularly women of color is a very fucked up thing to do because women of color are people and asking them to do emotional labor for free is a very fucked up thing to do not least of which because women, especially women of color, already do a lot of emotional labor every single fucking day. Mm-hmm. And they don't have time to also make you a good person. <laughs> exactly. So, if you if you don't have yeah. that inside you which wishes to be a good person and is willing to do the work, then no amount of yeah. women reaching out to you will change that. Right. And also to sort of steer this away from uh, Childish Gambino in this video because he's certainly not the only guilty party asking women of color to do this. And also to, to sort of like stay in my lane as a, as a white lady, I'll, I'll extend this to matters of like race and racism. It is never, never women of color's job to educate white people about race and racism. Right. If you're ever confused about something. Or if it is, if it is their job, it's probably because they're doing speaking and writing books and you should pay them. Exactly. Exactly. Always pay for labor for work. Yeah. So, but like this extends to uh, women of color on Twitter. It's not their fucking job to explain things to you. If you're ever confused about something, whether it has to do with race or gender or anything like that, go read some books. Yep. You know, educate yourself. But it's not their job to fix you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, as a, for instance, Angela Davis's book, Women, Race, and Class, uh-huh. um, I would suggest that all white feminists read that. Hell yeah. So I also wanted to talk about, because I didn't get a chance to on Light Trees and News, talk about Aretha Franklin's funeral. Mm -hmm. Because there were, um, I mean, a bunch of really great performances that I know a lot of people were talking about, like Fantasia. But specifically, (laughs) Al Sharpton's speech was just so funny and so good. 
and he specifically addressed Trump's comment. And I could not, I mean, I could believe he said it, but I was just like, man, anytime I think Trump is as big of an asshole as he can get, Mm -hmm. he somehow outdoes himself. So Aretha Franklin, who was universally beloved, dies. And he puts out this statement in which he says, she used to work for me, which was such a fucking weird thing to say. Um, I missed that somehow. Yeah. So what? I mean, it just speaks to what a fucking narcissist he is that he phrased it that way, that he couldn't just say like this amazing artist died and will, you know, always be missed and will always be loved. Like he had to say like, she worked for me. So Sharpton said, um, no, she used to perform for you. That's what he meant by she used to work for me. She performed for you. Mm-hmm. She worked for us. This is Al Franken saying this. No, Al Sharpton. Sh- uh, Al Sharpton. Uh, <laughs> yeah, huge difference. Uh, Al Sharpton said, no, she used to perform for you. She worked for us. Aretha never took orders from nobody but God. And it, like the congregation went nuts when he said that. Um, but yeah, it's a great great point like and also trump is such a fucking asshole that he would phrase mm-hmm. someone performing for you as like she's working for me right now yeah it's creepy sucks. it's it sucks that he like was inserted into this at all because like aretha franklin was an icon of music but also like very specifically of the black community of mm-hmm. like the community in detroit like she is like that is her context and for a white dude to like barge in and make it about himself because he's so narcissistic is like extra level of upsetting yes yeah exactly um and also dude she fucking hated you she (laughs) hated you and i think he knew that and like he knows that and um that also bothers him Mm -hmm. because as much as a of a narcissist as he is he has this compulsive need to be loved always, which is part of narcissism, Mm -hmm. but it like bothers him so much when somebody like Aretha uh, Franklin or uh, John McCain like reject him publicly, like that really bothers him. And his first impulse is to lash out like a baby, you know, Mm -hmm. and throw a fit, which is what he did with McCain. So, oh, by the way, guys, George W. Bush is a war criminal and he's never cute. Yeah. Can I mention that? Yeah. Because there was a cute little moment. I'm putting cute in quotation marks at John McCain's funeral where he handed a piece of candy to Michelle Obama and everyone was like, oh, my God, look at him. I miss him so much. And it's guys, like, if Hitler were still alive, he would probably be handing out little hard candies, too. <laughs> he would. And everyone would be like, oh, my God, look at Hitler handing out little candies. He's so cute. I miss him. <laughs> guys he's a war criminal he should yeah. he should be in jail he is responsible for millions of people dying we need to be honest about like especially because everyone's trying to rehabilitate mccain as well right and it's like he was a public figure and we need to be honest about how he operated in that capacity it's not we're not his bereaved family like we are not like publicly as a nation we don't need to like take a moment to be like yeah but he was a dad yeah i mean i think both things can exist at the same time right like i'm sure john mccain if you ask megan mccain was a good father sure he also did terrible fucked up things Mm -hmm. as a public figure and we should also hold him accountable for that to say that him being a dad somehow cancels out the fact 
that, you know, he had a terrible legislative history mm-hmm. is stupid. <laughs> and also, and like... he bombed civilians in Vietnam. Yes. And- yeah. And also... Oh God. I don't want to even get into, like, his whole record as a pilot. But, yeah. He, his history has been rewritten by people who clearly desperately are searching for a hero and they've just like they made one out of whole cloth yeah um but yeah w uh he isn't cute he's a he's a war criminal i know that we are living in very hard times right now and we're desperate to find a good guy because trump is such a fucking disaster but don't turn a war criminal into like the daddy figure you're looking for because it's truly pathetic and i know none of you are doing that but yeah Part of part of the whole looking for a hero thing is they're looking for like a centrist hero who will appeal to everyone. Sure. And I'm like, there's not gonna be one. Right. Yeah. There just isn't. Yeah. You're either opposing Trump and everything that the government stands for and is doing right now, mm-hmm. or you're not a hero. Right. Let's talk about, since we're in the pop culture section, stuff we're looking forward to. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I was sort of, mm, I'll say skeptical about The Purge, the TV series. Mm-hmm. But some early reviews are coming out. And one of my central complaints was that I really enjoyed at least the one movie I saw because it had a very diverse cast. And it seemed like in the advertising for the purge tv series that it was a very white cast and i was like oh no that's one of the things that's really good about the purge but apparently in the early reviews uh at least the ones i've read it is a very diverse oh, cast. Good, good. maybe the advertisements were misleading which sort of makes me question why were the ads so white yeah that's weird especially in new york city you think you would want to advertise to everyone but whatever uh so that is something that I thought was encouraging, and I'm also looking forward to that series. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What are you looking forward Um, to? A lot of stuff. Yeah. Eric gets back from Europe Uh, in like a week. Oh, I wanted to ask you that because, yeah, I want to have him back on the show when he gets back. Yeah, so he's coming back on the 11th um, because he said that's when flights were cheapest. (laughs) Let's just pause for that terrible Eric joke. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I... They, I think they just were in Berlin, um, which he really loved. He was like, it's like, it's like old gritty New York, except oh, with a yeah. little bit less crime. And I was just like, can we live there? I know. <laughs> it's really cheap to live there. That's another thing. Oh. I mean, compared <laughs> to like New York City. But I, I, that's one of the cities I've never been to that I really want to go to. Yeah. He said it was amazing. Yeah. He loved it. Um, yeah. So looking forward to that. And then going to see Nico Case in concert on the 20th. Hell yeah. Love her. That's so exciting. Uh, where um, is she performing? The Beacon Theater. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to, Meredith and I are going to see Mitski. I'm very excited yeah, about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I'm doing a Amtrak trip around the country. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Have you like blocked out those dates yet? Yeah. So it's going to be, um, if I can remember them, October 23rd through November 3rd. Mm-hmm. Um stopping for a couple days to visit family on the west coast but basically just going to be on the train writing um gonna it's it's gonna be like i don't want to say eat pray love because it's not going to be like gross and appropriative Uh um but like a non-douchey eat pray love. yeah i'm gonna (laughs) basically write like a memoir-ish type thing 
is with this, reflections from the train. Like in addition to the other book you're working on. Yes. Okay. So you're working on two different books. Now. Yes. Okay. Um, in uh, yeah, I'm gonna put information up on my blog to how you can like support that and get like um daily updates or um like with a higher level of support like postcards and mm-hmm. uh signed copy of the book when I put it out. Um, but yeah, very cool. And remind everybody of your website. Um, the, or yeah, the blog is, well, the Patreon is patreon.com slash F a Boschman. Um, it's B E A U C H E M I N. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then my blog is roses and revolutionaries at WordPress. Um, that was before the whole DSA thing that I named that. Hey. I just picked roses because I like to buy them. that from you. <laughs> <laughs> if they want a WordPress, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, also, guys, you're listening to a 100% listener supported show. You are. Because you're a good person. You're a good person. <laughs> and you also hate ads. And I get that. Go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button. For as little as $5 a month, you can keep the show ad free. You can keep it free in general. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, you can do a one-time donation if you can't commit to a monthly thing. I get that. And, uh, yeah, I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. Got a bunch of perks over there. If you're a $5 a month member, you get to send questions that will answer on Light Trees and News. $10 a month, you get to participate in the online hangouts we do every month. In addition to send questions to Light Trees and News and to get access to all of my work, uh, yeah, I, I have a, a personal feeling that $10 a month is where it's at. But there's also a $50 a month level where you get a handwritten letter from me plus everything else, which is wild. It's a good deal, guys. So yep. go to Great benefits. patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. That's me, your host. I realize I like don't introduce myself on this show anymore. <laughs> like Everyone should just know who I am. I'm Allison Kilkenny. I'm your host. Hi. Uh, and yeah... What else am I looking forward to? Weirdly, not weirdly, because I talk about it every year, the fall. Mm-hmm. The oh, fall, yeah. The fall, baby. It's been too hot. Yep. No bueno. Uh, and also like Halloween. Of and course. All that stuff. All of those festivities. I love my favorite thing Chloe does is every year. And we, we go nuts every Halloween. We truly do. I'm going to be on the train for Halloween this year. Oh, I year. know. I know. You're, you're going to miss it this year. But at least you're doing something like really cool. Yeah. Uh, but this, like, Chloe goes, we should really go hard this year. And I was just like, bitch, we go hard every <laughs> yeah. year. What are you talking about? Like, every year after Halloween, we were like, that was too much. We really went too far this yeah. year. And then, like, next year rolls around and Chloe's like, we really got to turn it up this year. And I'm like, did you just, like, black out and forget the debauchery that we committed? But whatever. I guess it's always good to have goals, right? Yeah. Hashtag best Halloween ever. Debauchery goals. <laughs> Especially now that we have like the patio and like oh, we yeah. set stuff up out there. That sounded fancy, guys. We don't. We, it's not like a fancy it's just patio. A little it's a concrete yard with a <laughs> wall. It is, yeah, <laughs> it's a nice wall and has ivy on it. Guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. So on yesterday's episode, we were talking about the tornado of shit that happens when you have a failing mental health 
system combined with militarized police who work with ICE. Mm -hmm. Like the result of that is obviously people who are suffering from mental illness, being handled by police who are very quick to escalate situations. And then ICE can fucking deport people who need a support system more than ever. Right. Yep. Like it's never good to deport anyone, but especially people who are suffering from mental illness. So there is a very terrible story that was making the rounds on Twitter the other day that sort of illustrates that point. Um, there is a woman who was named Vanessa Marquez and you might recognize her because she used to be an actress on ER um, she was shot dead in her South Pasadena apartment Thursday afternoon after allegedly pointing a BB gun at cops. And according to her friends, she had endured a long and painful struggle with chronic illness. Um, her friend Tony McGee said she was imprisoned by her own illness. She mostly just liked to watch TV and make online posts about what she was watching or about famous people who had died. Death was at her door so often that she was always thinking about it. So about 1.48 p.m. Uh, on Thursday, officers from the South Pasadena Police Department arrived at Marquez's apartment complex, um, and they came under the auspices of a welfare check for a woman uh, who was later identified as Marquez, who had a medical condition. And when officers began to speak to Marquez, they became aware that she was possibly suffering from mental health issues. During their 90-minute conversation, Marquez was, quote-unquote, uncooperative and appeared unable to care for herself, according to the police. At one point, Marquez grabbed a BB gun, which cops believed to be a handgun, and an officer shot her, according to the statement. If you believe their version of how things went. Yeah. Not to mention... It was a 90-minute conversation. Like, they had time to... I mean, first yeah. of all, what was she uncooperative with? Like, they weren't there to, like, arrest her for anything. They were just checking up on her, and they could have been like, okay, well, we'll be back with, like, some medical prof professionals. Yeah. Like, But after an hour and a half, she dove for a BB gun, yeah. and then they shot her. So, yeah, I, whatever. I'm I'm skeptical about the yeah, cops' that's always story. Yeah, a question. Uh, but also just another great example of why it is never a good idea um, to have cops, quote unquote, diffuse a situation mm -hmm. like this. Because, I mean, it's it so wasn't even a situation. Right. Right. It was just a welfare check. Yeah. Why are cops doing welfare exactly. checks? Exactly. It should be like a social worker or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean... It is so easy for a situation like this, which should not have ended in violence, to be escalated when a bunch of armed dudes show up and they're probably fucking annoyed because mm -hmm. they have to do a welfare check. And yeah, like, how is she being uncooperative? That's another thing. Like, the details are so sketchy. Also, I'd be fucking pissed if a bunch of cops rolled into my home and I yeah. was, like, just chilling. I'd probably be uncooperative. Mm -hmm. Or especially if I was having like a bad day. Right. Like mental health wise or like 
I have migraines all the time if they came up and I was like, excuse me, ma'am. I was just like, thinking that. I was like, probably by the police definition of the word uncooperative, I'm uncooperative like 90% of the yeah. time. <laughs> like if you catch me on an off day, like I'm probably going to be very uncooperative. And then like you can shoot and kill me and get away with it because you're a cop. They went into yep. her home and killed her. Like, that is wild to me that cops can get away with that. Yeah. And then make up some fucking story about, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to say the BB gun story is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Also, uh, you make a great point. Even if the BB gun thing was true, you were there for 90 minutes and then she reached for the BB gun. Like, what the fuck was happening for 90 minutes? Yep. I don't like talking to my friends for 90 <laughs> minutes, let alone some lady of, I'm in her home. She's pissed. I got to sit there for 90 minutes and talk to her. Like, what the fuck was going on? Uh, anyway. So, also, in bad news, uh, the United States is ending all funding to the United Nations agency tasked with supporting Palestinian refugees, according to the U.S. State Department, describing the body as, quote-unquote, irredeemably flawed, the United States do they, has... Do they give details on how If they so? reach for a BB gun? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All the Palestinians reach for a BB gun at the same time. Uh, the United States has long been the biggest single donor to the uh, UN Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian refugees in the Near East, also known as UNRWA, uh, donating, donating more than $350 million to the agency in 2017. The agency offers educational, health, and social services across the West Bank, Gaza, Jordan, Syria, and Lebanon to more than 5 million registered Palestinian refugees. It educates about 500,000 children in nearly 700 schools, and its doctors see more than 9 million patients in nearly 150 primary health clinics every year. So in January, the U.S. said it was withholding $65 million dollars from an, from an initial installment of $125 million, it was expected to hand over to UNRWA at the start of the year. And they said that it wanted the agency to reform and believed other countries should increase the amounts they contributed to the agency. Um, so it's always like with the State Department under Trump, they always keep claiming that like the U.S. is shouldering a disproportionate share of the burden. Mm -hmm. That's always their excuse. And they criticize the agency's business model and fiscal practices as unsustainable and having been in crisis mode for many years. Yeah. Giving they're, money to poor people. They're refugees. When they say like it's basically it's they're not like a capitalist enterprise. It's not going to yes. be profitable. They're like, when are That's we going to turn a profit with these fucking refugees? That's the thing. Like, Whenever they're like, what's the end date for this? Or we're like, what's your, like, why do they still need money? It's like, because it's an ongoing, like, Israel is bulldozing homes and making more refugees and then, like, putting well, these also refugees in worse and worse conditions. So, of course, it keeps, like, mm -hmm. of course, like, there's no end date to it. It's also what they keep saying about, like, stuff like Social Security mm -hmm. and Medicare. They're like, well... Well, it's not like financially sustainable. It's like it's that's not the point. Mm -hmm. Like, oh man! This but is, we can always fund the military. Like, what? This is such a tangent, 
and we'll get back to this story, but you just reminded me when you said social security. Mm-hmm. So I have a friend and the other day we were at a show and his brother came to the show and we were chatting and I was like surprised that this guy was my friend's brother because they look very different. And when I say that, I mean that his friend or his brother um, is like a very clean cut, was wearing a very expensive suit. And I go, hey, what does your brother do? And he's like, guess what he does? And I was like, I'm going to say finance. And he's like, (laughs) yup, but like specifically. And I was like, I don't know, what does he do? And he goes, he works for um, Blackstone. And I was like, oh, the people trying to privatize Social Security? And his brother was like, oh, is that what they're doing? I didn't know that. I was like, yep, <laughs> interesting. So anyway, uh, one of those guys' brothers does improv comedy. <laughs> I was just like, I'm sorry, what? Anyway. Well, this is why you should uh, ask your really clean-cut relatives what they do for a living. Uh-huh. I, I mean, a lot of people don't know how fucking evil Blackstone is. But anyway, I only know because I covered them when I was a journalist. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, what the fuck's happening right now? <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, obviously this is a huge tragedy for all of the reasons I just listed, like how many doctors and students Mm -hmm. rely on this fund. Uh, and yeah, it's just another fuck you to refugees. Yeah. And it's definitely, definitely based on like, obviously they would never come out and say this, but it's gotta be based on like our alliances with Israel and stuff. Like there's, there's no way this is very clearly a political move. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm sorry I downgraded you to 100% when I said 1,000% before, but you're right. You're right. Uh, Charles just texted me, OMG, I completely forgot, and then the crying emoji. It's okay, Charles. We love you. (laughs) So speaking of the Trump administration, and we haven't talked about Brett Kavanaugh in a while, uh, the Trump administration is withholding more than 100,000 pages of Brett Kavanaugh's records from the Bush White House on the basis of presidential privilege ahead of the Supreme Court nominee's confirmation hearing. That sucks that they can do that. It totally sucks. That shouldn't be a thing they're allowed to do. So the Should Senate, be public record if he's going to be a public servant. I think that's a really good point. The Senate Judiciary Committee was notified of the action Friday. George W. Bush's attorney, Bill Burke, told the panel, it had essentially completed its work compiling documents, according to a letter obtained by the Associated Press, Bush directed them to err on the side of transparency and disclosure, and we believe we have done so. But the current administration is also able to review the records, and the Trump White House has directed uh, that, quote-unquote, has directed that we not provide these documents. In all, 267,000 pages of Kavanaugh documents from his Bush years are being made public. So Um, that's like withholding one for every two that's released basically uh chuck schumer called it a friday night document massacre (laughs) very dramatic chuck but also true and like i don't know guys if you're withholding more than a hundred thousand pages of records i'm gonna just go out on a limb and guess that some of those are his opinions on roe v wade (laughs) Like, what don't you want us to see yeah. so badly that you're keeping 100,000 pages from us? Not a great sign. Nope. If you didn't think he was bad enough already, which I'm sure you did. Um, also, 
oh, this is sad. <sighs> but like, yeah, it was sort of a slow moving train wreck. The village voice is no more. Um, after Haven't, they've been like kind of yeah. shutting down in like a rolling way for a while, right? Exactly. Uh, and then they got a little bit of <clears throat> they were like dead, and then Peter uh, uh, Barbie bought them, and so it was like, oh, cool, maybe a billionaire will save us, which is always like that. Mm, I don't know if you trust billionaires. <laughs> So uh, he owned it for three years, and now they're shutting down again, or at least it's print edition. And uh, Barbie told the remaining staff today that the publication will no longer be posting any news stories. And then, so this is Barbie telling the staff about it, and he goes, today is kind of a sucky day. All right. Due to basically business realities, we're going to stop publishing Village Voice new material. Um. And then said that half of the staff, which is now, uh, which is around 15 to 20 people, will remain on to wind things down and work on a project to achieve the voices material online. What's that? Archive. Yes. Oh, did I not say archive? To archive the voices material online. Um, Yeah. So terrible news. I've had a lot of friends who have written for the Village Voice. It was a great publication. Um, it's cool that they're archiving it, but that's gotta be like the most depressing, like the people left who have to do that. And then they're like, when we're done with this, yeah, that's it. Dissect the corpse. Yeah. That's gotta suck. I'm sure it's horrible. Yeah. But guys, just a reminder, it's really important if you're in a position to do so, to support things you like, you know, uh, I know we're all struggling right now, but if you're in a position to do so, like getting subscriptions, buying newspapers, mm-hmm. stuff like that, if you value it, it's it's a pretty good deal for, for the amount of money it costs every month. And if publications can't get enough subscriptions, they rely on advertisers. And after a while, the advertisers can manipulate content. And then news gets really shitty. So if you value independent media, if you value, you know, whatever, whether it's a magazine or newspapers or anything you enjoy and you're in a position to support them financially, do that. Yep. Because same same for art. Yep, like, yep, yep. Buy stuff from people who are working hard. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, we're all just sort of like hoping a billionaire will come save us and mm-hmm. then he'll he'll do it for three years and then it goes under anyway. <laughs> so... But yeah, it sucks. Um, Like I said, I've had a lot of friends who've written for The Village Voice and done really great work. And it's been one of the staples of of New York City media for a long time, and now it's gone. And that sucks. Yeah. Which is why we're in the bad news section, guys. I don't have an upside to it. It just fucking sucks. So while we're in the bad news section, we've been talking a lot about climate change and the California wildfires. But there is an aspect of the story that we haven't talked about yet, pretty much because we don't fully understand what the full scope of it's going to be. But that is the looming health crisis Mm -hmm. in the aftermath of the California wildfires. Because when people are exposed to those conditions, that much smoke for long periods of time, we usually see an upswing in stuff like asthma, 
lung diseases, Mm -hmm. heart attacks, stuff like that. So uh, the Daily Beast has a piece on this that I'll link to at our Lipson page um, about all of the various um, health conditions that can arise from something like this. And they open the article talking about a woman named Lori, Lori Crosby who has a cabin at uh, California's Huntington Lake. And uh, she has been very near these local wildfires and is now experiencing a lot of health side effects. For example, she's lost 20% of her lung capacity, even though she's a Mm non-smoker, physically active, and she's otherwise healthy. And now simply inhaling and exhaling... um, this fire-tinged air has crippled her breathing. Um, So, and we're going to see more cases of this. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the fact that fire, like, if you you know you can't, like, burn trash and stuff in your backyard because when, like, man-made objects burn, especially if it's plastic or whatever, it tends to release a lot of carcinogens. Yeah. So there could definitely be more like long-term health effects that aren't going to manifest yeah, for many years. That, yet. that happened after the attack on the World Trade Center because, you know, jet fuel burned up a lot of toxic chemicals and then people were breathing those in. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really see the full effects of that for like a decade. I mean, they're kind of just recently been starting to pull together like um, – health insurance claims for people affected by 9-11 specifically. Yeah. And that's just an aspect of climate change that we don't talk about as much because sort of the spectacular side of climate change are the floods and the severe storms and the droughts and stuff like that. But then there are these lingering health consequences of it too, where we're human beings. We're very, very sensitive to our environment. And if our environment radically changes, like say bursts into flames, Mm -hmm. it's going to affect our health and it could affect our health for, you know, generations to come. So that's another aspect of it too. Um, And, you know, I think there's a case to be made, a very compelling case, and I'm sure lawyers will eventually make this case, that corporations should have to pay for these health side effects. Yeah, absolutely, because it's not like we haven't known for decades what climate change is, who's causing it, what the effects are going to be. Yeah. And, like, corporations have always defended themselves basically by saying shit happens, (laughs) you know, like, it... It used to be a reach to blame corporations for fires like this, but now it's not. Like, listen, climate change deniers are, are real and there's a lot of them, but I think more and more people understand now the direct connection between ExxonMobil knowing damn well what they were doing for many, many years and they continue to do it anyway because they knew they could make a lot of money and they Mm -hmm. permanently changed our environment and now we have extreme weather like these fires in California and people are getting sick because of it. So sue their fucking asses. Yep. (laughs) Like, unfortunately, that's the only language they speak. If you hurt their bottom line, maybe they'll change their behavior. If not, storm the Bastille. But, like, in the meantime, they should be held accountable. Like, this woman was perfectly healthy otherwise, and she was Mm -hmm. breathing this air, and now, like, she lost 20% of her lung capacity. That's frightening. Uh, And who knows how many people will ultimately be affected by this. Exactly. And it's, like, um, it's not 
impossible to force corporations to change behavior because, uh, guys, we don't have acid rain really anymore. That's that used thing. to be a huge thing. Yes. They put all these legislations in place. Like it can work. It's def. I think like, I hate to be an alarmist, but I do think we're kind of past a point of no yeah. return. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely stuff we can do. We can and manage it. We can, we're still in a period where like we could manage the fallout basically, but like obviously capitalism needs, needs to, to go. It needs to go. Um, <laughs> But meanwhile, we can prevent some of this. We can force them to stop doing some of the bad shit. Yeah, and even when we talk (laughs) about managing the fallout, that sounds very, very, very bleak. And in many ways it is because we are past the point of no return. But even when we talk about that, we're talking about saving millions of lives. Yes, So it's it's a big fucking deal. We can still do a lot. Uh, And on that slightly optimistic (laughs) note, here's your good news. So in the bad news section, we had talked about uh, Palestinian refugees and the administration's gross allegiance with Israel. Um, sort of in a, on a similar note, uh, Lana Del Rey has postponed her show in Israel until she can, quote, perform in both Palestine and Israel, which is a very subtle fuck you (laughs) yeah um she had previously faced criticism from members of the bds movement because she had booked this show in israel um it was at israel's inaugural meteor festival earlier this month and initially she staunchly defended her decision to join the lineup stating that that her intention to perform was not a political statement or a commitment to the politics. Oh, Lana, that's not how it works. <laughs> you can't perform in Israel uh, without making a political statement. Yep. <laughs> uh, so she made those statements just 11 days ago, but now one week from the start of Meteor, she's backtracked and announced she's canceled her appearance. So I wanted to put this in the good news section, not so totally. much to praise Lana Del Rey, although like, listen, it's really important that people, when they do change their minds, we, we praise mm-hmm. them. That's good. That's a good thing she did. And not performing in Israel is a simple thing that any artist can do. Exactly. But I also just wanted to shout out the BDS movement yeah, because absolutely. they have really been successful at getting artists to cancel their shows in Israel. And it might seem like a small thing, but it's really not. Like when people are looking forward to a concert and then it gets canceled and everybody fucking knows why it got canceled. Mm -hmm. It's like how you treat Palestinians. You're a genocidal regime, you know? Um, It's very clear why artists cancel their concerts in Israel. It's, it makes a huge impact because like, listen, we're, we're humans. We really enjoy our, our music festivals and stuff like that. And, and when artists just refuse to perform, it puts pressure on the government. Because the government also financially benefits, you know, mm-hmm. when, when people have concerts there. And, like, a lot of people turn out and spend money. And, like, it's good for the local economy. So this is a impactful way someone uh, who's an artist, like Lana Del Rey, who ordinarily, like, probably couldn't have a lot of leverage when it comes to international (laughs) like international (laughs) politics like she had a big impact so that's cool Mm -hmm. 
And also, uh, no one should fucking perform in Israel. Yep. Right. So also in good news. It's a completely harmless form of sanctions. Exactly. Because right. it's not like depriving people of food and medicine. Exactly. Which you can make the moral argument is never okay to do. Mm-hmm. Like when there's like a regime like North Korea who we don't like to say, well, the people should suffer. is sort the of The people like, should never suffer for the actions of their government. Exactly. I mean, especially, I don't even think they should suffer if they do support the regime. But like, just think about like the United States, for example, right? Like think about if countries decided to cut us off because trump's president how many of us would be like but we don't fucking support him yeah i don't i criticize him every day on my podcast <laughs> don't you guys listen to my podcast like it's obviously not fair to make citizens suffer for their government right uh, but, but yeah depriving them case, of entertainment entertainment super easy it's not actually hurting anyone it's a great public statement because these are public figures doing it like yeah yeah I really good point. Yeah. Non-harmful sanctions. So they're just deprived of Lana Del Rey, which listen, I like Lana Del Rey. I get it. I would be sad if I wanted <laughs> to go see her and then I couldn't. I'd be like, I'm really bummed right now. But uh, the sun would rise tomorrow, you know? Yeah. So also in good news, this like started as bad news. And then I really think people turned it around with how they responded mm-hmm. to it. Totally. So... Jeffrey Owens is a, a f- uh, an actor who uh, used to be on the Cosby show. And recently uh, he made headlines because um, he was seen a few days ago working in a Clifton, New Jersey Trader Joe's by a shopper who recognized him as the actor. And then, and this is very fucked up, took a photo of him. And yeah, uh, don't take photos of strangers, nope. guys. Don't do don't that. Don't do it. Literally, the only time I do it, though, is when people are being dicks in public, like man-spreading. Yeah. Or t- I take picture of people on the subway when they're being dicks. My roommate told me about, like, confronting somebody for taking a picture of him just because he looks kind of like Wolverine. Oh, yeah. And he, like, made her delete the photo. He was like, that's fucked up. Like, I'm just moving through my day on the subway yeah like, i get that don't take a picture of me i've also called out people for taking photos of my tattoos when they think oh, i'm not yeah, looking God. i'm like uh hello <laughs> did you just take a photo of me and they're like oh yeah i like your tattoo i'm like yeah ask before you do that um so this customer uh karma lawrence told the daily mail it made her feel bad that after all those years on the cosby show owens ended up as a cashier so immediately there was a backlash to this um first from like other actors who were like like, uh we all have had day jobs yeah yeah and just like the classist sort of attitude where it's like Mm -hmm. oh this poor man he's fallen on such hard times it's like this dude's working like we need workers are valuable it's not sad when people work at trader joe's that's an important job Mm -hmm. we need people to work at grocery stores um so, but like, it was weird to see, I mean, like from people on the left to like James Woods, who's a monster, like tweeted and was basically like, he's just doing a hard day's work. Like there's nothing shameful about that. Mm-hmm. Like so many people were really came to his defense and were like, it's a classist thing to say that this is sad. So many actors have side jobs because acting's fucking hard and the mm-hmm. work is irregular. This is not a sad photo. This is a photo of a guy who's just living working, his life, living his life. Every single one of us 
does things to make money that are different from other things that we did to make money. Like it's fine. Yeah. And also that we just need to rethink. Cause like we do live in a very superficial culture where everybody wants to like get rich being an Instagram celebrity. And like, we really need to think, rethink like what happiness is and the dignity of work. And that this is like not a sad story. Exactly. Uh, And I think a lot of people were making that point. So that's why I say it started as a sad story because I like the reason I felt bad is I, w- I felt like his privacy was violated. Yeah, exactly. Like people get like making a national news story out of somebody just because they used to be on a TV show once and now they're bagging groceries. Like that's not a that's not something that is worth like blasting out there. Hey, if anything, he got the fuck away from creepy, rapey Bill Cosby. Yeah. And now he's just. <laughs> work in a good job at Trader Joe's, you know? <laughs> like, I think sort of the unsaid part of this is that people who work at Trader Joe's aren't paid very well, which, I mean, they're paid better than a lot of other, like, food like services Walmart jobs. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, like, if there's... If you feel sad because you think he's on, like, a downswing... The unsaid part of that is because grocery store jobs aren't like living wage jobs. So like if that's how you feel, then you should support like the fight for 15 movement mm-hmm. and having like a universal income and stuff like that. But I don't necessarily buy this person who took the initial photo who was like, I felt bad for him. I think she thought it was funny. Honestly, I think she was making fun of him. Yeah, or or was just like, oh, my brush with fame. Yeah, maybe like, but I don't buy the fact that she was like, I just felt so bad. It's like, if you feel bad for someone, your first impulse isn't to take a photo of them, you know? Also, nobody fucking needs your pity. Yeah, ever. Ex- exactly. I mean, that, yeah, of course, that's like the first and foremost thing where like, this is not a man to be pitied. There's nothing uh, sad about this situation. But I also just don't buy her like, whole yeah no, I felt I mean, so bad that he quote-unquote ended up as the cashier anyone on blast like that for selfless motivations right exactly um yeah and I mean like it just also made me think of the story we talked about in the bad news section of the the ER actress where it's mm-hmm. like Fame is such a weird thing. It's like a weird fleeting thing. Very few people become famous and stay famous their whole acting career. Mm-hmm. You know? Very rare. Very, very. It's like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent, you know? Um, so this is totally normal that he needed to get a, another job. But the only thing that sucks is the response of people who were like, oh, I'm sad. But I like I do have to say that seemed to be like very brief and then an overwhelming. Yeah, wave for the of most part like, it was fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People defending him, people being like, every artist you know has a day job. Like, yeah. Also, workers are awesome. We need workers. Mm-hmm. So support workers. It was just Labor Day. Are you supporting workers? You better. You're probably workers yourselves. Um, guys, great having you listen to this episode. (laughs) If you enjoyed it, if you've been enjoying the show, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those places. Go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button to keep us going. Uh, While we have some time left, Faith, is there anything you would 
advise people do, whether that's like something they could see, listen to, eat, to uh, do like some self-carry type stuff? Go outside. Mm-hmm. I have been going up on my roof a couple times recently. It's like a fun thing we can do it's, in the city. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> city. Like It's yeah. very calm up there. You yeah. can't really hear much of the neighborhood. I get a good view from my roof. Uh, during the summer. A nice contemplative place to go. I've, I've been going to a lot of roof parties, uh, especially in Brooklyn. It's very easy to get like access to the roof of mm-hmm. your building. And a lot of my friends have parties up there and there's like nothing better than like a summer evening sitting on some folding chairs, watching the sun go down. Yep. It's very meditative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, was there something I've been doing? Oh, guys, get enough sleep. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. So <laughs> I probably went too hard this weekend because it was Chloe and Rachel's birthday. Um, so we did like a like a dual party thing. And Rachel had a karaoke party. Uh, but it's sort of like Chloe had like an after night party after that. We got home at like 5 a.m. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh so I finally caught him up on sleep today and I slept like 12 hours and it was magical. Nice. So get enough sleep, stay hydrated. Yep. I know uh, everybody says that, but actually it does uh, matter. Or if you're uh, depression sleeping a lot, get up, take a shower, yep. walk around the block. Mm-hmm. Yep. That also was important. Yeah. You could easily. That was me a couple days ago. Yeah. Spill over into too much <laughs> sleep. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yep. For Hit sure. that balance. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. And also if you're looking for like cute pet pictures, uh, follow some pet accounts. Yes. Oh my God. Wait, I have one that I'm going to recommend to everyone. Is it the one that you made me follow? <laughs> wait. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I realized how many people I've recommended follow this account uh like literally I tried to show it to my mom the other day she's like you have shown me this three times <laughs> so I was like okay uh his name's P-Bone and you should follow him on Twitter he's Bone Bone 29 and he's just he's a, so cute he's a fluffy fat cat and he is so handsome yes and he also wears a little backpack and little outfits and his owner uh, walks him around on a leash and he's like internationally famous. Yep. Uh, um, but also follow Bodega Cats. Oh, that's a good one. I love that account. Yeah, that's a good rec too. Um, but yeah, like there's like little videos of Bone Bone like going to the beach and seeing mm-hmm. things and it's just very cute. It's like him experiencing the world, like him outside by a lake <laughs> in his little backpack. He's so fat and He's fluffy. so fat. Oh my God, his owner... She like he's such a passive sweet cat that I guess like her boyfriend rides a motorcycle and she rides on the back and just holds him. Oh my god. And is like he's fine and he's just like looking around. Wow. I'm not saying it's the safest thing in the world, guys, <laughs> but he's like that well behaved where she can do that with him. Um so yeah, follow Bum Bum. Guys. Yeah. And uh enjoy pets in general and cats and dogs mm-hmm. and animals in general. I've oh. like curated my instagram so it's like only badass women and (laughs) cats nice and dogs hell yeah uh it's like a 
problem in my neighborhood because there are so many stray cats Mm -hmm. and one of the cats knows I'm weak. And when (laughs) I get off the train is like standing in the middle of the sidewalk looking at me like (laughs) you're going to take me home. I mean, it's inevitable you're going to take me home. And I'm like, no, I already have three animals in this apartment. (laughs) I cannot. But it like smells I'm weak. Also, Penny would lose her fucking mind if I brought home another. Oh, my God. Right. She's like tolerating Harley because she's like, you're different than me. So I don't feel replaced. But if I brought home a kitten, Mm -hmm. a massacre. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Definitely. We kill. We smash. Mm. Yeah. She said yes. (laughs) So, guys, can you hear when Penny meows on the show? Yeah. Oh, you can? Yeah. uh, I mean... I'm not sure about every single time you do it, but a good part of the time. Okay, good. Let me know. Hashtag light trees and pod. (laughs) Can you hear Penny? So uh, my cat always looks like, what's going on? (laughs) Oh, okay. All right, good. I didn't know how audible it was because she she does meow, but it's not super loud. Desi, when Desi meows, everyone can hear it. Um, I told you the other day we had a handyman come over and he was doing stuff with the window. Mm -hmm. So I put Desi and Penny in the bathroom. And he walked in and he heard Desi and he was like, wow, he doesn't like to be in there, does he? I was like, (laughs) he does not. He's throwing a fit. Uh, Please go to lighttreason.news. Hit the donate button to keep us going. Follow Faith on Twitter, at Bohemian Faith. Go support her her Patreon as well. And guys, I know uh, we didn't have any strange characters this week. Uh, It's because it's the summer and a lot of people are away, including all the weirdos. (laughs) But we'll return to a normal schedule after these messages. No, I don't yeah. know what that means. <laughs> uh, once the summer's over, which is soon. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs>